Well, Happy New Year, and thank you, Pastor Dave, for that warm welcome. Maybe you're a part of the Willow family, or you're joining us for the first time. Um, I'm Ed, and again, so good to be with you. Congratulations to all of you. You've made it through 2020, and you've lived to tell about it. Every January, millions of Americans embark on setting resolutions and goals. It's just that time of year. And the challenge is not setting those goals. What I found is the challenge is following through and accomplishing them. Maybe that's the case for you as well. The statistics aren't in our favor. The reality is studies have shown that less than 25% of people actually stay committed to their resolutions after just 30 days, and only 8% accomplish them. So I just want to bring you a word of encouragement on this weekend, this first weekend of a new year, and it's this. Resolutions are overrated. I mean, I don't even believe in making resolutions. Well, from that statement, you're probably wondering, uh, is that guy an encourager? I mean, why is he sharing with us today? Uh, my natural disposition is joy. That's who God's created me to be. But I realized something a long time ago. Hope is not a strategy. We need a plan. So when was the last time that you set a goal and actually followed through? Maybe you're like me and you've come to realize that the hardest person to lead is staring right at you every day in the mirror, myself. And several years ago, I came across an article in Wired magazine about a long-distance runner named Dean Karnazes. I have no aspirations to be Dean or a long-distance runner, but his story motivated me to do something I thought was impossible. I want you to listen to a few of his goals and see if it inspires you. He ran 50 marathons in 50 states on 50 consecutive days. He once ran 350 miles in three days without stopping and with no sleep. Don't think about that too long because there's many things that are going through my mind that were happening probably during those three days. But he didn't stop and he didn't sleep. He runs 100 to 170 miles each week, and he couldn't find time to run four to six hours a day, so he began sleeping less. He currently sleeps four hours a night. And finally, he's run the Badwater Ultra Marathon seven times. It starts in Death Valley, 250 feet below sea level. And it concludes 135 miles later, halfway up Mount Whitney at 8,360 feet. He's won the race in 2004, and he did it on his fifth attempt. Now, folks, I'm tired just reading uh, his accomplishments. I think I need some water. But it triggered something within me, and it made me ask a question. Would I be willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish my goals? And so today I want to talk to you about the theme, whatever it takes, from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. For me, I knew something had to change in my life. But I knew that I needed more than hope. I needed a goal in my life. I needed more than just a goal that I could write down. I, I needed a strategy. I needed to be placed in a position of discomfort to to change what had become comfortable. 
I was invited to do just that. A number of years ago, some friends invited me, actually shamed me, into running the Chicago Marathon. The bottom line is, I didn't want to run the marathon, but I was in a meeting, and I noticed that my friend had a Garmin watch that looked rather attractive. It's funny now, years later, because it probably looked like um, a telephone on his arm compared to an Apple watch. But I was so excited about seeing this watch. And he said to me in the meeting, Ed, if you run the Chicago Marathon with me, this watch is yours. And then another friend said, well, it's Ed. He's not going to run the marathon. And everybody chuckled. And in that moment, something was awakened in me. I had a moment of inspiration. I can't even believe I'm saying this and telling you, but I blurted out, I can run the Chicago Marathon. I've never run a marathon in my life. I'm, I'm a sprinter, as you can tell from my physique. Pastor Dave, the sexy one, he's probably the one that runs marathons. But I have never run a marathon, and I thought in that moment, I can't do this alone. I'm going to need someone to carry me. So how did it turn out? Well, I'll share more about how it turned out at the end of this talk. But as I reflected on that experience over this last week, it made me ask the question, does the Bible really offer us any insight into this challenge of doing whatever it takes? Is it possible to endure hardship and and actually get better? Is there a story in the Bible that highlights both hope and a commitment to a better strategy that we together can be better in 2021? Well, yes, I'm glad you asked. There is. And here's the story. It's in the book of Mark. And I want to invite you to grab your Bibles or if you have it electronically, just follow along with us. Uh, We'll have the scriptures on the screen, but it's a story in Mark chapter 2. And the setup is this. The book of Mark is like a DVD. It's an action movie where we're watching Jesus. And it's early in the life and ministry of Jesus. And he has been doing a lot of miracles in chapter 1. And he's coming back home to get some rest. And that's where we pick up the story. It says, and when he returned to Capernaum, After some days, it was reported that he was home and many were gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had opened it, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. But the story continues. Listen to this. Verse six. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in in his spirit, that they thus questioned within themselves, he said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. There's a few things that just stood out to me about this amazing story. And the first one is this. I will carry others without recognition. I will carry others without recognition. The text lets us know that people came from all over to hear Jesus. We don't know how the message got out. Obviously, uh, there wasn't Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There was no one texting, but obviously people had heard about the miracles that Jesus had done in chapter 1. And he is, the text saying, is he is doing what he loves to do. He is using an ATM a teaching moment, and we can lean in and we see that he is sharing with the people when all of a sudden something happens. I find it interesting in the text that it says that people came to hear Jesus, but I'm sure that there were people that came to see Jesus for a lot of reasons. Maybe they came to Jesus because they needed healing. Maybe they came to Jesus because um, they had doubts and wanted to see who he was. People come to Jesus just like they come to church for a lot of different reasons. I'm single and I'm trying to find a mate. I'm networking and trying to find uh, new clients. I I am looking for something in my life that's been missing and, and I thought it might be here. Maybe that's you. What are you looking for? But the text says that there are four men who came carrying a paralytic And these four men are heroes in the Bible to me. It's one of my favorite stories. And I'm drawn in the Bible to stories of people who have no names, who are really the side characters. But these four men were not going to be stopped. They had a plan and their plan was they were going to get this man to to Jesus. We don't know if they were family. We don't know if it uh, were, were they friends But I believe they knew who this man was that was on this mat. And I believe that they had in their minds that Jesus could actually help their friend. They wanted to carry him to Jesus. But it reminds me of the second point today that I will carry others when it's inconvenient. I will carry others when it is inconvenient. The text continues in verse 6, and we find out that there were some haters that were present. Uh, There were scribes. Scribes who were teachers had an extensive knowledge of Scripture. And on the road to your goals, there will always be haters. There will always be people who are telling you what can't be done. And I don't know about you, but in 2020, we had just too much of that. In our world, in our country, on social media, there there are always people who were sharing the negative of how things may not be able to be done. But Jesus, Jesus knew. Jesus knew in his spirit that they were questioning his credentials. 
Who can forgive sins but God alone? And as Jesus is perceiving their intent, he offers the drop the mic moment of the text. He asks two questions. Which is easier, scribes? Uh, Your sins are forgiven? Or uh, rise, take up your bed and walk? Uh, Don't worry, I'm here just waiting for you. Anybody have any answers? Which one would be easier for you to do? And noticing that there was silence. He says that because I'm the son of man and because all authority has been given to me, I now will do this miracle. Jesus has all authority. Everything is in his control. And friends, this is our challenge. I believe that we despise not being in control. We as Americans, we wrestle. We we don't like discomfort. If there's anything that we um, have seen in this last year is that discomfort is something that we don't love. Is Jesus really demanding to be in control of my life? Over the past year, I've been more assured that not only is Jesus in control of our lives, but he demands to be so. In fact, discomfort may actually be a good place to be. I love how Michael Hyatt uh, reflects on the topic of discomfort when he shares three reasons why we should embrace discomfort. One, he says, comfort is, is overrated. See, comfort doesn't lead to happiness. And in fact, in scripture and in life, I've never seen anyone who's accomplished anything great for God in a place of comfort. Which leads to the second point, discomfort can be a catalyst for growth. It makes us long for something greater. And I don't know about you, Willow Creek. I am longing for something greater. I'm longing for God's glory to be revealed through us and through our obedience to him. What about you? But the third thing that Michael says is discomfort is often a sign that we're making progress. Listen to this quote by Dean Carnarzis, who I mentioned earlier the distance runner, and see if you can relate to a point that many of us have forgotten. This is what he says. Western culture has things a little backwards right now. We think that if we had every comfort available to us, we'd be happy. We equate comfort with happiness. And now we're so comfortable, we're miserable. There's no struggle in our lives. There's no sense of adventure. We get in a car and we get in an elevator. It all comes easy. What I've found is that I'm never more alive than when I'm pushing and I'm in pain. And I'm struggling for high achievement. And in that struggle, I think there's magic. I would add, I think in that struggle, I see Jesus. Someone may be watching today and asking the question, can Jesus be trusted? Well, let me offer his own words from John chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I come that they may have life and that they have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As you look at your life today, can you say that you're living it to the full? 
I love the lyric by the hip hop artist and theologian Drake um, that says it succinctly because everybody dies, but not everybody or not everyone lives. Jesus comes so that we can have life and that we can have it to the full. But finally, our story ends in spectacular fashion. And which brings me to my third point. We will see God's glory. We will see God's glory. Look at verse 12. It says, and he rose. And I love this. And immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were amazed and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Jesus demonstrates his authority and he rewards not only the man's salvation, but he helps him and commands him to walk. Friends, when Jesus shows up, everything changes in your life. When Jesus shows up and he speaks, things happen immediately. When Jesus shows up, he gives you hope and a future. When Jesus comes up, he has something to say about your destiny. When Jesus shows up, he gives us hope. My friends, wherever you're gathered and watching, hearing this message, which voice will you choose to hear? Will it be the scribes or will it be Jesus? Will it be the doubters or will it be Jesus? All power and all authority belong to Jesus. He doesn't share and he doesn't ask for permission. He is who he claims to be. I wonder, Willow Creek and our friends that are joining us this weekend, I wonder as a church in 2021, what would happen if we were committed to carry our friends to Jesus? What if you made a choice to live a life without fear because you know who really is in control? Isaiah reminds us that we can. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So we end our time together sharing the end of the story. I told you that I was motivated to make some changes, but I had no idea where those changes were coming from and what it may look like. So I made some changes in my own life. I secured a virtual mentor and I established an informal personal advisory board. By faith, at the time, I quit my job and, and chased my destiny. And I chose to run the Chicago Marathon. Well, what happened? We were able to get 300 people to run it with me. And we raised over $1 million for clean water for children in Africa through Team World Vision. I just want to ask you, are you willing in your life this year to make the changes, to be inconvenienced, to allow God to reveal his glory through you? What was the real miracle in the story? We often focus on the miracle of the paralytic being made to walk. But I think the real miracle happened long before in verse five. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, 
son, your sins are forgiven. It's amazing what can be accomplished when you make the choice to believe in something greater than yourself. It's amazing what can happen when we choose to be different. All I know is that something happened. All I know is Jesus saw the faith of four men and he decided that he would reward them because they chose to be uncomfortable. They decided to bring a man to Jesus because they knew that if they could just get him to Jesus, he could change everything. Where are you uncomfortable in your life right now? It may not be a sign of loss, but it may be exactly where God wants you to be to reveal his glory in 2021. See, growth comes through pain, not in places of comfort. What about you? What did you stop believing that God could change in 2020, that he wants you to remember in 2021? Was it your job? Was it your family? Maybe it was your marriage. Maybe it was a sudden loss of a loved one to COVID. In the end, accomplishing the mission of God has never been about you. It's been about the opportunity that he can do anything when we sacrifice and love others on his behalf. Willow Creek, I'm ready to be amazed in 2021. I'm tired of making excuses for what can't be, but I'm ready to sacrifice for something much greater than myself. How about you? Because in the end, it's whatever it takes. Have a great week.